What is up, everybody? My name is Eric. Welcome back to the Unlockables podcast, the story of video games, the people who play them, the memories made along the way. And I'd like to thank you for joining me for this special, exclusive Patreon episode for subscribers at the $5 Super Rare Unlocked tier. You're getting this bonus episode, and it's the start of a brand new series that I announced some time ago, and I'm very excited to dive into it. That is right. We are starting Gotta Watch Them All. And if you're unfamiliar with this, if I haven't talked to you about what it's going to be yet, because I haven't advertised it yet, because it's going to be a Patreon exclusive. So only people that are part of the Unlockables Patreon are going to have access for it. But in case it gets out or you talk about it or you just want to hear about what it is, it is going to be a full rewatch series on the entire Pokemon anime, which has well over a thousand episodes by now. And what really spurred this on was I was looking for some kind of long term series I could do for the five dollar tier at the highest tier of support and i was like i think this idea came to me when it was announced that our boy ash was going to be leaving the pokemon anime and it kind of flooded me with a lot of nostalgia the pokemon anime was a big part of my life for a few years especially for the inaugural indigo league and johto series i don't know what seasons so you technically call those but uh, the first two big series for the first two big games was I watched probably every episode when I was younger. I have a very, very vivid memory of my routine for elementary school in the morning and the fact that Pokemon was on every single morning, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time in the Midwest. And I built my whole morning routine around the fact that it was on and my mom let us watch Pokemon before we went to elementary school, before she dropped us off. And it was on 7 a.m. every morning. But you had a couple of minutes because if you didn't catch the opening theme song, you had until 7.03. So the time 7.03 always sticks in my head because it was the time that Pokemon officially started. The episode would officially get going. So very, very strong nostalgic ties around this series. And I figured, you know, 22 minute episodes, I could break them into chunks and have a lot of content for a long time. And Hopefully this will be an entertaining walk down memory lane, whether or not you've seen all the episodes or you have any passing knowledge about Pokemon at all. I think this will be uh, really cool. So I, we're going to I'm excited to dive into it. If we truly are going to try and do all this, it's going to be a long journey. I'm going to break each part down into three episodes. So each part will have three episodes. I think that's a manageable chunk in which to do podcast episodes on. With each episode being about 20 to 22 minutes, factoring in commercial breaks, that comes out to about a little over a full hour, which is about your major, which is about the length of time for your major HBO shows, you know, your Game of Thrones or shows on Showtime, premium content that doesn't really have commercials involved with it, I would say is probably right around 60 minutes because I just remember watching Dexter on Showtime. And the reason that's such a, a grind to get through shows like that is because they're close to an hour long with no commercials, so they literally take up a full hour. But without further ado, I'd say let's dive in to part one of Gotta Watch Them All and start our Pokemon journey alongside Ash.
We're starting at the very beginning. That is right, episode one, titled Pokemon, I Choose You. And man, I gotta say, right off the bat, the first thing you do, right, you always listen to the original Pokemon anime theme. Oh, this is a song that goes so hard. It was probably the soundtrack for a lot of our childhoods growing up, I'd be willing to bet. Uh, oh, it goes so hard. It goes so hard. I'm not going to mention it every time because they play it every time an episode starts. And thankfully, all the episodes are on Netflix and on Pokemon TV, at least for the first couple of series. Once we get later on in the anime, I'll have to figure out where the rest of the episodes are to make sure I stay in order and can watch them all. But oh, the original Pokemon anime theme goes so hard. And speaking of something that goes hard and is iconic too, we are introduced into the episode and we see the iconic scene from the Game Boy game where Nidorino and Gengar are, are fighting each other in pixelated form and as Nidorino goes to attack, it does this really, really awesome transition from the Game Boy screen into the anime where we see these two Pokemon going at it in a stadium with their trainers. And it's here that we meet for the first time our protagonist, Ash. He has the fight on the TV in the background, and thanks to Ash's self-narration, he lets us know that he's 10 years old, and he's finally old enough to begin his Pokemon journey, and he's going to be starting it the next day. And we quickly see with his surroundings in his room that he's obsessed with Pokemon, and he's in the process of putting on all of his clothes, getting ready for his journey, even though it's late at night, and I think we catch a, a glimpse of the clock. He has a, a Pokeball-shaped clock, that it's probably like 9, 30, 10. So pretty late at night, probably should be in bed for such a big day coming up tomorrow. And sure enough, Ash's mom comes up and scolds him and tells him, hey, time to go to sleep. And instead of, and turning off the battle so that Ash will calm down, she turns on uh, the informational video on the TV where we see for the first time Professor Oak and Professor Oak is on the TV telling us about the three starter Pokemon, Charmander, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur. This is where we are introduced to the original Gen 1 Kanto trio starter Pokemon. After some convincing, Ash's mom finally gets him to go to sleep, and he does go to sleep, and while he's sleeping, he dreams of choosing each of the starter Pokemon. He has a, a separate dream where he chooses Charmander, Squirtle, Bulbasaur, where he's trying to make up his mind as to what starter he wants to have. And while it's switching back between him sleeping and, and the dream, the Pokeball-shaped alarm clock goes into his hand, and when he kind of shoots up and jerks in his sleep like he's throwing a Pokeball, he throws the alarm clock. He throws the alarm clock, and it shatters against the wall. After the last of one of these dreams is when he jolts awake, and he realizes that he is late. He has missed the time that he was supposed to be at Professor Oaks. And he rushes out the door without even getting ready in his pajamas, running down the street to Professor Oaks, hoping that he hasn't missed out on his chance to get a starter Pokemon. Sure enough, when he rolls up to Oaks, he there's a giant crowd up front and he fights for the giant crowd just to emerge and try and go into the front door. And he bumps into Gary Oak, the professor's grandson. And this is the first time we meet the infamous rival Gary Oak. Not necessarily Gary in the game, but he's the anime version of your rival in the first game, right? Every Pokemon game has to have some kind of rival for you to compete with. And man, Gary here, I, I like Gary as a character a lot. I don't know what it is. I think his design is super cool. I think his kind of mini arc that he goes on, even though he's not present in a lot of the anime episodes, is is super fascinating. And he serves as a really great first foil for, for Ash to kind of measure himself against. So he bumps into... 
Gary Gary taunts him by saying he's already got a Pokemon and he's addressing the crowd, telling the people of Pallet Town, which is where they're from, that he will make them proud. He'll put Pallet Town on the map. He'll become a great Pokemon trainer. And he jumps in a car with a cheerleading section and then <laughs> just drives away. So already Gary having a massive advantage. We all know by playing the games that Pokemon journeys are normally carried out on foot. But for whatever reason, he has a car with somebody chauffeuring him around the Kanto region with with cheerleaders. I don't I don't understand. I, he's 10 years old. <laughs> Does Professor Oak approve of this? There's so many questions as to why he has a, a vehicle that he travels around in and why he travels with the with the cheerleading team. I, I, I truly don't understand it. So as Gary leaves, the crowd disperses and Professor Oak comes out to greet Ash, who he's telling Ash that he's late and he doesn't look at all like he's ready to, to train Pokemon because he's in his pajamas and he hasn't even gotten ready at all. Ash begs Professor Oak. They go inside to, to pick out a, a starter Pokemon. And when they're at the platform that has the three Pokeballs, one by one, Ash is trying to choose one of the starters and all the Pokeballs are empty with each one that he opens. Professor Oak saying it was chosen by a kid who was on time, who, who wasn't late and kind of a dick move by Professor Oak here to let Ash have all these hopes of opening each Pokeball and there's going to be a starter inside and there's nothing in there. He just <laughs> proceeds to, to crush Ash's dreams. So Ash is is upset. He He's begging for, for some kind of starter Pokemon and Oak hesitantly admits that there is there's one more. There's a uh, there's one more starter. So Oak presses a button and out, out of the middle of the platform rises up a, a Pokeball with a lightning bolt on it and Ash grabs it and opens it and releases. For the first time, we see the short yellow lightning bolt tailed electric mouse mascot of the Pokemon franchise. Pikachu appears in a blinding flash of light. Ash is ecstatic. He's so excited. He thinks it's great. He says it's the, it's the best one of all. And Oak just says, you'll see. Just give it a second. And as Ash picks Pikachu up to give him a hug, Pikachu looks pissed and just proceeds to shock the shock the shit out of him just just lets loose electricity and, and shocks him immediately uh, after this oak is get, at getting ash ready to go on his way he gives ash a pokedex and pokeballs and as they head outside they see ash's mom has has brought a small cheering section for him and ash's mom gives him his backpack that he left with and and gives him all of his clothes and stuff and you know does the motherly things that you'd expect a mother to do when your son is going off on a long journey, tells him to make sure he brushes his teeth, changes his underwear, just, you know, good hygiene to take care of himself, that sort of stuff. And after she does this, she she sees Pikachu on, on the ground following Ash out, and <laughs> she asks if that's a starter Pokemon and mentions how it looks a little weird, and <laughs> which is this does not sit well with Pikachu, who immediately gets a, a cross look on his face and proceeds to shock everybody there, the, the crowd, Professor Oak, Ash's mom, everybody there that... <laughs> That is within range. So needless to say, our, our pal Pikachu starting off with not the best attitude here. So after getting changed, Ash and Pikachu set off. Things are not starting off on the best foot here. Ash is wearing the rubber gloves that his mom gave him in his backpack and dragging Pikachu along with a rope tied around him with Pikachu fighting him every step of the way. So Ash attempts to build trust with Pikachu by taking off the gloves and untying the rope and spend some time trying to bond with Pikachu. Pikachu just remains sassy the whole time and they go through this exercise of trying to get Pikachu to go into the Pokeball because that's what Pokemon do. They're supposed to go inside their Pokeball 
but Pichu refuses and he just doesn't want to, which is a defining trait throughout most of the anime as far as I know. There are very few times under special circumstances that Pikachu does actually go into the Pokeball. So this and this starts very early because you can't sell toys and you can't have the face of your franchise be stuck inside of a ball for a majority of the time until until called upon. He has to be front. Pikachu has a job to do. It has to sell toys. So it has to be front and center. So for this reason, there has to be an in-universe explanation as to why Pikachu doesn't want to be in the Pokeball. And it's just that Pikachu doesn't want to because he's a dick. As they spend this time trying to bond, a Pidgey crosses their path and Ash is excited. He says that this is where his Pokemon journey is going to start and he's going to catch it. And Ash tries to have Pikachu battle it which he refuses and just climbs up the tree to start taking a nap. So Ash is like, okay, I'll catch it by myself. And he proceeds to throw rocks at it, and he tries to use his jacket to catch it, sneaking up on it, to which Pidgey just makes a mini gust tornado to, to blow him off, and Pikachu is just laughing his ass off in the tree the entire time this is happening. And Ash is just like, Pikachu, come give me a hand, and Pikachu just refuses. So by now, Ash is pretty frustrated. In his frustration, he sees another bird in the distance. He decides to throw a rock at it. He hits it firmly in the head, and it sprouts a gigantic red bump. And the bird turning, Ash realizes that it is not a Pidgey this time, but indeed a Spearow. And after getting an update as to what a Spearow is from the Pokedex, saying that it is a much more aggressive type of bird than Pidgey, the Spearow decides to attack aggressively and even starts to attack Pikachu in the tree because the Pokedex tells Ash that other Pokemon, wild Pokemon are jealous of human trained Pokemon, which I, I don't know if that's ever elaborated on again in this series. I guess, guess we'll see. But Pikachu defends itself, gives the Spearow an electric shock and causes it to retreat a little bit and the Spearow gives a cry into the air and we get a shot of a tree far away and all these Spearow come out of the tree ready to just take care of business against Ash and Pikachu here, I guess. So it is here that Ash and Pikachu are, are forced to to flee. But no matter how fast they run and Pikachu starts to pull ahead a little bit, but even they're not fast enough to outrun the Spearow, the Spearow overtake them and as Pikachu tries to run ahead, they they start to swarm him and they surround him. And he gets severely, severely injured by the the pack of or the flock of Spearow here, a flock of seagulls getting my songs mixed up. You know how it be. But Ash scoops him up and they proceed to run away where he jumps off of a mini cliff into a river and they get washed down the river to escape the flock of Spearow, at least for the minute. And it's here that we get a scene of a our first shot of a redheaded girl wearing shorts and enter series fan favorite Misty. She is fishing in the river when her hook gets caught on Ash and Pikachu who are being washed downstream and she reels Ash and Pikachu into shore. Shout out to the cliche one cartoon character catches another cartoon character by fishing in the river trope i don't know if that is a trope but i feel like i've seen it done before missy is initially annoyed but she quickly softens and expresses concern when she sees the state of pikachu and she points ash to the nearest pokemon center which happens to be in viridian city and ash runs off but not before spotting misty's bike and he proceeds to just <laughs> take misty's bike under her protest saying that 
uh, he'll return. He promises to return it to her once he gets Pikachu to safety. And here we have the crux of the relationship between Ash and Misty, how this initially forms where Misty follows Ash to get back her bike, which we'll see what the fate of her bike is here in just a second. So as Ash rides down the road towards Viridian City, storm clouds gather overhead. There starts to be lightning. There starts to be pouring rain and the flock of Spiro actually end up catching up to them and they cause Ash to lose control of the bike and he crashes to the ground sending Pikachu flying down the road a little ways tumbling to a stop which is <laughs> it's supposed to be a really emotional first episode but it's funny to see him like launch out of the bike and then land on the ground I, I don't know I just thought that scene was was, was pretty funny the Spiro are kind of like hovering waiting to attack so that Ash can have a, a have a, a growth moment with Pikachu, right? He crawls to Pikachu and just begs him to get in the Pokeball, saying that he understands that Pikachu doesn't like it, but if he gets in there, he'll be safe, and Ash can protect him. And Ash sets the Pokeball on the ground and, and turns to, to face the Spearow and gives a stirring monologue about he, how he is Ash from Pallet Town and he's going to be the greatest Pokemon master that ever lived, just basically taunting the, the flock of Spearow, telling him that they don't want to they don't want to fuck with him essentially because they'll be sorry because he's going to be the greatest Pokemon master that ever lived. And just before the, the Spearow swarm him, Pikachu gets up and jumps in between Ash and the Spearow and there is a lightning bolt that comes down and hits Pikachu and it lets out an electric attack and just basically causes a mini explosion that chases all of the Spearow away. And when the light and dust and this, the, the explosion is powerful enough that it basically clears the storm. And when the, the clouds depart, we see Ash and Pikachu lying together uh, in the road and Pikachu and Ash tells Pikachu that they made it. So he gathers up Pikachu in his arms and before they can carry on their way, they see a rainbow overhead and the famous iconic opening scene from the first episode is Ash seeing a mysterious Pokemon that that flies over the rainbow and the Pokedex says that there's no data on it. Taking this as a, a omen of his journey, he he carries an injured Pikachu into Viridian City, their bond having been strengthened by going through this ordeal together and Pikachu even gives him a, a little just a little lick on the cheek to to let him know that, hey, we're going to be cool. We're going to be cool. And that Pikachu appreciates Ash risking his life. And that's the conclusion of episode one. It starts off really emotional with a near-death experience for Pikachu and a situation that we, a pretty dire situation that we don't often see a lot of times in an anime aimed at children. <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as to say that Pikachu almost died, but Pikachu did almost die. It's, it gets pretty urgent there for a little while, but it, it's a good story about how, uh, despite their differences in they're going to be friends, I, you know, the basic Pokemon message. And it's a moment of growth for Ash, too, who I think realizes that this isn't going to be as easy to do as, as he thinks it's going to be, but he's overcome his first big test, and... I think this ultimately emboldens him to to move forward in the rest of his journey. I always think this first episode is interesting because it's not only the very start of Ash's journey, but it's the rare time that we get to see Pikachu in a different light than we see him for the rest of the series. He's very distrusting and he's a bit of a dick to, to Ash and a bit stubborn. 
And I would say through this experience, Pikachu's demeanor definitely softens and him and Ash basically become inseparable buddies. So I just I always thought that was interesting. And I don't think I've seen a decent number of episodes, but I don't think that version of Pikachu ever comes back from here on out. Pikachu is always very helpful. He's the ringleader of of Ash's team. He's always willing to risk his life to to help other people. So, yeah, a a rare one off episode where Pikachu personality doesn't match with the rest of the series. So I always thought that was I always thought that was pretty interesting. So now we enter episode two, which is titled Pokemon Emergency. And episode two opens with Ash running into Viridian City as the police officer known as Officer Jenny announces over the town loudspeaker, which I guess is like a thing. There's a town loudspeaker. I don't know if that's a cultural thing in Japan or not. Somebody with more knowledge can correct me on that. But it's literally a a microphone that she can talk into that blasts her voice over the, the whole entire city. So that's interesting. And. She tells the town to be wary of a, the suspicious Team Rocket who, at the guard station where they're, that they're at, just so happens to be a wanted poster of them. So she stops Ash, and Ash explains the situation after showing Officer Jenny his Pokedex ID. She offers him a ride in her motorcycle to the Pokemon Center, and they take off just as Missy is catching up to Ash. She, she followed him down the road. And in last episode, during that electric explosion, Missy's bike got absolutely charred and just destroyed. And she's carrying the, the charred and destroyed bike with her to try and catch Ash up so that Ash can pay her back for her bike that he not only stole, but also destroyed. As she chases them down the road, we linger on the guard station for a second and a hook lowers into frame and picks up the wanted poster off of the bulletin board I guess it would be sign whatever it's on and as the want poster gets lifted into the sky it is here that we see for the first time the infamous not at all conspicuous gigantic meowth balloon floating above the skies of Viridian City and it is here for the first time that we meet the infamous Team Rocket trio of Jesse James and Meowth the iconic on also silly I'd hesitate to call them an antagonist because I don't really feel like they ever cause a serious threat. They act more often than not as a comedic foil to Ash and the gang as opposed to an actual antagonistic threat. But they need some kind of recurring villains and Jesse James and Meowth fill the role pretty well. They've got a pretty big popularity among the fan base. So after some exposition between the Team Rocket members and the Meowth, which, surprise, can talk English, which is very surprising because none of the other Pokemon speak English. The Pokemon just say their own names. After this exposition, we learn that they're here looking for rare and powerful Pokemon to steal. We switch back to Ash and Officer Jenny, who they're approaching the Pokemon Center, which is a giant spherical domed building in the middle of town, basically. And rather than just pull up on the driveway, Officer Jenny 
proceeds to do a Fast and Furious move where she jumps the stairs up into the Pokemon Center, lands and power slides through the automatic opening doors and up to the front desk. Style points for Officer Jenny for sure. And (laughs) the nurse who we know as uh, Nurse Joy (laughs) comments on, hey, we have a driveway. You don't have to power Akira power slide your motorcycle into the front lobby where there could potentially be other people. And Jenny doesn't apologize, but they just explain the situation that Pikachu is injured and that needs help right away. So uh, Nurse Joy calls in the famous Pokemon helper for all Pokemon centers, Chansey, and they bring up a tiny little stretcher that Ash can place Pikachu on and they take Pikachu off and start to work on it right away. As Ash is out waiting in the lobby for Pikachu to get worked on, he sees this like these weird video phone hybrids. It's like a giant, it's a computer terminal that has a computer attached to it. And again, I don't know if this was also like a Japanese thing back in the day because I never saw these. I just always saw pay phones or if this was just something they invented strictly for the show so that you could see conversation happening between characters and their faces because a phone call wouldn't be very exciting. So Ash calls his mom to update her on his progress. She can't believe that He's reached Viridian City already, and here she says something that's probably one of the most interesting slash infuriating lines in all the anime. Like I said, I don't have a lot of experience with the entire anime, but I know this is a sticking point. She tells Ash that his father would be so proud of him. (laughs) This father would be so proud of him. Here we have confirmation of a father for Ash that we I don't think we ever get to see in the anime unless we see in like the last batch of episodes that are coming out. But it's always alluded to that Ash has this father figure. But after this, I don't know if they just don't really talk about it ever again. (laughs) And he seems to be some kind of Pokemon trainer, too. They've stated before in interviews that they've never needed Ash to meet his father for character development. I don't know, but he has a dad because that's how babies work. It's very interesting. Uh, Anyways, after speaking with his mom, he hangs up and there just so happens to be a a phone call coming through at the front desk. And Ash just decides to answer the phone call at the front desk of of a hospital, which seems to me like it might be a HIPAA violation, especially if he's he's using the computer at the front desk that could have sensitive medical information on it. That seems like a HIPAA violation to me, but We won't go into the details or logistics of medical law. He just answers the phone and it just so happens to be Professor Oak who is calling the Pokemon Center because he knows Ash is there for some reason. I don't know why, but he informs Ash that the other three Pallet Town trainers have already passed through Viridian City, including Gary Oak. So we have confirmation that there are three other trainers that left from Pallet Town with the starter Pokemon including Gary. We don't know which one Gary has yet. Ash proceeds to tell Oak about his adventures, and he tells Oak about the mysterious Pokemon that he saw fly over the rainbow, and Oak tells him that's probably not likely, that nobody's ever seen that Pokemon before. There's like a carving of it, the legendary Pokemon in the Pokemon Center, which, funny thing about this too, it it showcases the legendary birds, but the one Ash points to, I think it's supposed to be Articuno, and on this there's four panels on the fourth panel is just a random Arcanine <laughs> hinting that like Arcanine was supposed to maybe be like a legendary Pokemon at one point. But I, I honestly don't know what that's about. It's very, very strange. Oak tells Ash that he couldn't have seen that Pokemon and he rushes off to his, his dinner's burning and he just hangs up on Ash and just rushes off and that that ends the phone call. It's here that Misty finally catches up with Ash 
arrives at the Pokemon Center carrying her burnt, destroyed bike, demanding that Ash replace it. But again, backs off and gives Ash a break here when she hears about Pikachu. And Ash promises to make up for the bike if she just gives him some time to get this mess sorted out first. And it's here that Joy and Chansey wheel Pikachu back out on the stretcher, telling Ash that Pikachu's going to be okay. They did whatever life-saving procedure on the Pikachu to save its life or to make it heal better. It just needs a little bit of rest. Pokemon medicine is almost a miracle because you can just get your Pokemon taken to a Pokemon Center and it'll be healed within, like, no time at all, which is pretty incredible. So just as Nurse Joy was going to wheel Pikachu off to the recovery room to, to let it rest, the alarms go off and Officer Jenny comes on the intercom, alerting the city to... Team Rocket's balloon, which is floating ominously overhead, which, again, I don't know why you would choose a hot air balloon of all vehicles to to make, <laughs> to, like, do diabolical things in. I'm not really sure. It's also kind of funny, the timing on this, too, with the whole, like, Chinese balloon thing. I just, I kind of got a kick out of that. I thought it was pretty funny just with the timing. The balloons are in the zeitgeist right now. And just as Jenny's message gets out that the two throw Pokeballs through a single skylight above the Pokemon Center, which happens to be located just there so that they could do just this action. They throw two Pokeballs through the ceiling and they release the well-known Team Rocket Pokemon of Coughing and Ekans, the, the former of which smokescreens the interior of the Pokemon Center so that nobody can see what is going on as the smoke parts. We see for the first time the Team Rocket trio of Jesse, James, and Meowth. And they do the iconic Team Rocket motto to protect the world from devastation. I'm not going to do the whole thing, but you know it. They say it every single goddamn time that you see them. And there is a touch of nostalgia inside me hearing them recite the motto. It was just, oh, it, it felt like being a kid again. They explained to Ash and Missy that they're... At the Pokemon Center looking for rare Pokemon. And Ash immediately says, we're well, not taking Pikachu. And they're like, we're not interested in getting a weak little Pikachu. And they order Atkins and Coughing to attack as Joy, Misty, and Ash retreat to a back room that are filled, lined on the wall with, with Pokeballs. And we see here that some pretty advanced technology in the Pokemon world as an automatic emergency system starts lowering robotic arms from the ceiling and moving Pokeballs to a transporter and Nurse Joy calls the Pewter City Pokemon Center telling that Nurse Joy that they're transferring the Pokemon from here to there and they can just teleport the Pokemon across distances which is an incredible technology that when you think about it that is only being utilized to transfer Pokeballs and this is a running theme in the series that a lot of the incredible technology in the series is specifically geared towards Pokemon related things like Pokeballs and transportation and stuff like that. Like Pokeballs are basically Dragon Ball capsules that you could put things in, but they decide to only utilize this technology to store Pokemon in there, which to me is very, very unusual. And they only use teleportation technology to teleport Pokeballs from one place to another, which again, there seems to be so many practical applications of this technology that you could use. They obviously developed a small scale. They could obviously scale it up. Team Rocket finds them and they they barge into the room and Ash decides that rather than running he try he would try to fight with 
some of the Pokeballs scattered on the ground. And he starts throwing Pokeballs out, but the scared little injured Pidgey and Rattatas that he's sending out are other people's Pokemon are just getting scared off by Ekans and Coughing, who are bigger, just more scarier Pokemon. And again, here we go. Another kind of questionable decision that Ashen makes is that he starts using other people's Pokemon, I'm assuming, to try and fight off a criminal organization. People who dropped off their Pokemon at the Pokemon Center expecting that they would be <laughs> taken care of. And this random kid is just throwing the Pokeballs out and sending them <laughs> to try and fight trained criminals. Missy decides to step in and she causes a diversion. She sends out her Goldeen that just kind of flops around on the floor. And this makes Team Rocket laugh. And I got a kick out of this too because it's just like a Goldeen flopping around. It causes enough of the, it causes enough of a distraction that allows Ash and Pikachu to escape. And he's wheeling the stretcher down the hallway. But as he gets back into the main lobby, he, he crashes into Missy's bike that she left on the ground in, in the lobby. And something I didn't mention back within that room, too, is uh, they have a generator system where there are Pikachu, other Pikachus in the Pokemon Center that are running on like a wheel and shooting electricity up into a device that's like powering the Pokemon Center. I, I think that's kind of adorable. And I like the instances where the anime shows like practical applications of Pokemon in a real world. I think that's really clever. But all these Pikachu uh, jump to the defense of, of Ash and Pikachu and they shock Team Rocket. So what Ash does, Pikachu, Ash's Pikachu wakes up feeling much, much better after all this commotion and basically tells Ash that it needs more power. So Ash flips Misty's bike upside down and proceeds to start like pedaling on it. Pikachu stands where the light on Misty's bike is and I guess this is supposed to be like Ash basically charging Pikachu up with like the friction from the bike. Although this to me doesn't really make any sense because pedaling the bike wouldn't power the light on the front unless it was some kind of like alternator or electric engine, which is, is really strange to me. Uh, but regardless, this works. It supercharges Pikachu and Pikachu lets off a supercharge attack that not that proceeds to shock Team Rocket. And while they're being shocked, coughing starts to leak highly flammable explosive gas into the into the Pokemon Center and the electricity catches the gas on fire and it causes a gigantic explosion that basically blows up the entire Pokemon Center just just it's a giant there's a column of red flame that explodes into the air <laughs> when this happens and it sends Team Rocket famously as they are wont to do blasting off into the sky so after this happens, there's a gigantic explosion. Team Rocket goes flying off. We get a scene afterwards in the ruins of the Pokemon Center. Jenny and Nurse Joy are talking to the Nurse Joy in Pewter City on a computer in the ruins of the Pokemon Center that somehow still survived and still has working power and works just fine. Fine enough for video chat, uh, saying that Ash and Misty and Pikachu are now on the way to Pewter City as soon as they pass through the Viridian Forest. And I believe we get another cutscene of Team Rocket here who are floating on their balloon saying that they have to capture that Pikachu. That Pikachu is special. It's, it's very, very powerful. And thus begins the series-long obsession of Team Rocket to capture Ash's Pikachu. And we cut to, we do in fact see that Ash and Misty are passing through the Viridian Forest. And as they enter the forest and walk along a little ways, Ash, they encounter... A new Pokemon, a green bug Pokemon known as Caterpie. And 
Ash is very excited. He jumps into action. He's finally ready after a bumpy start to his Pokemon journey to catch his first real Pokemon. And this is where the episode ends. Again, I like these first couple of episodes because I think they're they're really fascinating. They, they set a good pace and tone for the story. It's a pretty good pace for the story that oftentimes has a lot of filler. If I remember correctly, especially when we get to after the Vermilion City Gym, I know there's like a lot of filler episodes. It takes a while to get to like the fourth, fifth, and sixth badges. That takes longer. I think Ash acquires gym badges relatively quickly in the first few episodes and acquires Pokemon relatively quickly. And then we get a lot of filler because they're trying to like stretch the series out. But these first couple episodes are pretty good. And (laughs) the premise of this world is insane because a whole ass hospital got blown up in the middle of a major city and Ash and Misty are just allowed to like leave, even though they were a part of it. And for whatever reason, Officer Jenny and Nurse Joy are just sitting there in the ruins alone. Like, if a hospital blew up anywhere in the in America, it would be a huge news story, and there would be feds and news reporters and, and people. It'd be a huge thing that happened, right? There would be a huge event. But everyone's just kind of like, oh, yeah, the Pokemon Center blew up. It, it is what it is. I don't know. I just I just think that's that's kind of funny. And real escalation of action in the first couple episodes we go from Pikachu almost dying in the first episode to them blowing up a hospital in the second episode it's a wild roller coaster of rides that happen here Now we move on to episode three, appropriately titled Ash Catches a Pokemon. No spoilers here from the title of the episode at all, but we open where the last episode left off. We see Ash trying to catch a Caterpie and does the completely totally wrong thing by not battling it to weaken it at all, but catches it anyways by just throwing a Pokeball at it because capture percentages, I guess. This works in game with weaker Pokemon, but stronger Pokemon, you're usually, this isn't gonna happen unless you know affected by the chances catch chances of the pokeball that you're using and the math involved with the pokemon's overall hp and status but we're not gonna get into that right now because we're not talking about the game we're talking about the show and this works because it has to because plot because ash needs to catch pokemon and have (laughs) character development ash is beyond excited he's so so happy and (laughs) misty is less than thrilled because she fucking hates bugs she hates bugs so much but ash is very excited and in his excitement he releases caterpie who he's going to allow to climb on his shoulder and and walk with him but as soon as caterpie is released of course because it has to be for the episode and it's hilarious uh caterpie immediately spots misty who is hiding behind a tree and makes a beeline right for her wanting to be friends it starts to rub against her leg and she freaks out she calls it disgusting and all manner of terrible names and really hurts caterpie's feelings it has tears in its eyes because she's being mean to it and this is where misty goes on her ranch she says there are three 
absolutely disgusting things in the world. And when Ash comes back with an absolute banger of a retort saying, Aside from you, what are the other disgusting things? Absolute burn from our boy Ash Ketchum. Unbelievable. And Missy says that the three disgusting things are carrots, peppers, and bugs for whatever reason. I'm not sure why it's these specific things. I guess I kind of agree with the bug thing. Bugs are pretty nasty. I don't particularly like spiders, but <laughs> carrots and peppers are fine. I don't really see out of the three nasty things you could pick, why would two of them be carrots and peppers? But I mean, I guess it's a kid's show and maybe kids don't like vegetables or peppers. Who knows? So Ash just says if she keeps being mean to Caterpie, they'll just go on without her and they just start walking away. But after a while, Pikachu notices that she's still following them, darting from tree to tree. And Ash is like, why are you following me if you're just going to keep fighting? Pretty much until pretty much up until this point, since they've entered the Viridian Forest, they've been fighting and they've been yelling at each other. And she says that she's only following Ash because Ash is responsible for replacing her bike and she wants to make sure that he follows through on that so the gang stops for the evening to sleep in the middle of the forest and they find a clearing it's a full moon out and ash and misty are still pretty cross with one another they go to sleep and pikachu and caterpie are still awake they're on a stump and caterpie spots the full moon and what follows is a minute long very animated conversation between both of these Pokemon just saying their names, talking in the Pokemon language, and just very ecstatic. Pikachu is doing backflips. Caterpie is like running in circles and like bobbing up and down. It's it's a very animated conversation. I can only imagine that, you know, these two are bonding, becoming friends, sharing their Pokemon hopes and dreams with one another. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's it's <laughs> maybe it didn't need to be a minute long, but as Caterpie is looking up at the moon and the moon is reflecting in, in his big in his big eyes, he sees a butterfly fly across the screen as it is looking towards the moon. So when they awaken in the morning, Misty comes to and opens her eyes and sees Caterpie like fell asleep, like very near her, like pretty much right in her face. And she's screaming when she wakes up. And after another string of insults, uh, Caterpie's feelings are once again very hurt, who crawls away slowly and dejectedly with Ash following crawling in his sleeping bag it just looks it's this absolutely silly animation and proceeds to return itself to his pokeball and <laughs> ash is just ash has just had it with misty he's so tired of her being mean to caterpie but they they go to carry on for the day's travels and as they do they come to a, a, another clearing and they spot a pidgeotto that lands in the clearing and is eating a worm after confirming with the pokedex ash is like, yes, I'm going to catch this one. Here comes another one. And he tries to throw a Pokeball at it, but Pidgeotto just swats it away with his his wing, just, just deflects it. Misty digs into Ash and tells him that he has to weaken the Pokemon first to catch it. This is where Ash learns this premise. The only reason he was able to catch Caterpie is because Caterpie is a weak little bug, and he had a good chance of catching it in the first place. So Ash decides to send out a Pokemon to battle Pidgeotto, and he foolishly foolishly sends out Caterpie to fight Pidgeotto, which is a big no-no because we've played the video games. We know that bug is weak against flying type because birds are bugs, natural predators. And Caterpie is quickly overwhelmed by the speed and ferocity of Pidgeotto. So Ash returns Caterpie and sends in Pikachu to finish the job. And 
the first time we see Pikachu actually take an order from Ash and, and listen to what Ash is, is telling it to do. So Pikachu jumps in and after a type effective Thundershock, Ash is able to throw the Pokeball and he captures Pidgeotto, growing his team by two in one episode. He caught two Pokemon in one episode. I don't know if any other episode he's ever caught as many Pokemon as he has in, in this third episode. He basically triples the size of his team in, in 20 minutes or a 20 minute episode. So this is afterwards. This is where Ash gets scolded by Missy. She's mad at him for the mistakes that he made. Like he should know better than to send out a bug type versus a bird that he put Caterpie in real danger and that nothing is more important than, than the Pokemon trainer's judgment. But in the middle of scolding him, a laugh rings out across the forest. And once again, we see Team Rocket, Jesse, James, and Meowth appear before them, once again saying the infamous Team Rocket motto. So when Ash asks him what they're doing, he seems really annoyed. The Team Rocket trio tells him that they're actually here for Pikachu. After seeing its immense power and destroying the Pokemon Center back in Viridian City, they've determined that Pikachu is worth capturing because of its power. So they quickly send out Ekans and Coughing. Coughing uses a sludge attack to splatter sludge all over Pikachu's face. This is the dirty sounding sentence. And, and basically blind him, taking it, taking him out of the fight. So Ash picks up Pikachu, hands Pikachu to Missy, telling her to take care of him, and he turns to face Team Rocket alone. But he refuses to send out two Pokemon at once because he says that's dirty, and he's in a win fighting fair and square. So he sends out Pidgeotto to fight them two on one. And Pidgeotto, despite being weakened by Pikachu earlier in the episode, uh, puts up a pretty good fight. Dodges multiple attacks and counters a lot of of what is thrown at it. Eventually, though, the two on one advantage is just too much, and Ekans and Coughing are able to catch Pidgeotto in like a double tackle and, and basically take it out of the fight. So, knowing that Caterpie is too weak, Ash just decides to rush Team Rocket and attempt to throw hands <laughs> with them. Like he, he straight up runs at him, and, and James just puts out his hand and kind of holds him back on his forehead as Ash is doing the the infamous. Swing your arms in a circle move that you learn when you're younger that is is very effective <laughs> no matter who you use it against uh, as long as you're fighting someone someone about your same age, I guess. He flicks Ash in the head and just sends him spiraling backwards, uh, landing him on his ass. And after that, Ash knows that he has no choice but to send in Caterpie. Otherwise, they're going to lose everything. Caterpie is still weak and hurt. And upon seeing Caterpie, Team Rocket is just laughing but as Ekans and Coughing are bearing down on Caterpie, Ash has it use a very, very well-timed string shot at the last minute to incapacitate them. Basically, wraps them all up in string. Then Meowth steps forward and, and tells them to watch how a real Pokemon does it. But Caterpie just string shots Meowth. And with them all tied up and out of commission, facing defeat, Team Rocket just <laughs> picks up all their Pokemon and just decides to run off. And against all odds, Caterpie has won the day. Celebrating their victory after where Misty actually has kind words for Caterpie and tells her that it did a really good job. And when Ash picks up Caterpie, he says, it's the least Misty can do to thank Caterpie by patting it on the head. But as she's about to overcome her fear and do it, Caterpie starts to shoot the string shot, the, the web, into the air that he was using. And Ash sets Caterpie down and watches Caterpie starts to change. And Misty says, it's evolving. 
as Ash sets Caterpie down, it finishes its evolution into Metapod. So within action-packed third episode, Ash catches two Pokemon, there's a Team Rocket fight, and a Pokemon evolves. I don't know if there's ever been more things that have happened in a Pokemon episode than this in terms of conflict and Pokemon-related things. Two captures and an evolution and a fight with the antagonist. A lot going on here in the third episode. After that, and after talking to Metapod, Ash shoves Metapod in his backpack because Metapod's obviously a cocoon, can't move, and they charge off into Viridian Forest to finish their journey through. And that is the end of our first three episodes for Gotta Watch Them All. Action-packed first three episodes, a lot of stuff happens within the span of an hour. Ash gets his first Pokemon, Pikachu almost dies, they blow up a Pokemon Center, they fight Team Rocket in the forest, Ash catches two Pokemon, and one of them evolves. A lot of ground being covered to set up the first initial episodes of of the Pokemon series. And I, I really do like these episodes a lot. I think I've probably seen these episodes the most out of any episodes of the anime just because uh, the number of times I've tried to start to rewatch the anime with friends in college or now that me and my wife are watching it here. uh, I did watch all the way up through to Diamond and Pearl, I think it was, in college when we had our anime nights and we just kind of fell off watching because there's so many goddamn episodes of Pokemon. But I really like these episodes and they cover a lot of ground. But as I started to write down my notes for the episode and I started to follow Ash's journey, I realized that he gets away with a lot of stuff in these first couple of episodes. (laughs) Things that would be considered pretty serious crimes if the Pokemon world were real or if he was here in the real world. So I decided to call this segment at the end of the show (laughs) Crimes That Ash Committed. (laughs) I don't have a better name for it yet, but that's what it's going to be. So in episodes one through three, Ash commits two major crimes. Three, but I actually combined two of them into one because it pertains to Misty's bike. So uh, he commits bike theft by stealing Misty's bike without her permission and then proceeds to destroy it. So I'm pretty sure that's theft and destruction of property. And then in episode two, they proceed to blow up the hospital, <laughs> blow up the Pokemon Center, which I don't think that's entirely his fault because coughing's gas ignited and that certainly was from Team Rocket. And if Team Rocket hadn't been there, then the Pokemon Center wouldn't have blown up. But Ash still had a hand in it, and he kind of got off scot-free with having to worry about it. So I tried to look up what the crime... I had to word this very carefully because I didn't want my internet service provider to see me searching blowing up a hospital. <laughs> Which would be pretty suspicious. So I just searched what is the crime of destruction of hospital property and it's basically destruction of a hospital slash government property is the thing which would imply that there's socialized medicine in the pokemon world so there you go can't watch this series anymore because it's socialism i mean goddamn getting pokemon center services for free what's the world coming to i mean i swear to god you should have to have very high insurance premiums like real americans to get health care oh sorry that's the wrong podcast i'm going off on a completely different tangent so yeah Not only does Ash steal property that isn't his and then destroy it, he also has a hand in destroying a government-sanctioned medical facility. Unbelievable. So those are the crimes that Ash committed during the first three episodes. And we'll keep track of them as he goes through his journey to see 
how many crimes that he actually commits. Another thing I'm keeping track of, too, as we go through our Pokemon journey here is the number of shenanigans related to Team Rocket, especially their their blasts off and their mottos. So through the first three episodes, we got two Team Rocket mottos and one Team Rocket blast off, even though it wasn't an official blast off because they didn't say we're blasting off again. They flew into the air and they they got blasted away, which is the way that most fights with Team Rocket end in the series. So we're going to be keeping track of the number of blasts off and the number of Team Rocket mottos. I thought about keeping track of other things throughout the series, too, like the number of times Pikachu just electrocutes people. Oh, that's probably a crime, too. Is Pikachu electrocuting people? I'm pretty sure that's assault, but, you know, it's Pikachu, so he's going to get away with it. So, yeah, we've got one Team Rocket blast off and two Team Rocket mottos so far, and we will continue to tally up how many of these we get throughout the series. But that is going to wrap up the first episode of Gotta Watch Them All. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Uh, please let me know. There, I guess there, there's not really a comment section on Patreon. I guess you can comment on the episode. So I guess either tell me in the Discord or on Patreon if you enjoyed this walk through the Pokemon anime. I certainly enjoyed talking about it. I certainly enjoyed watching the episodes. My wife didn't have any thoughts on, on these episodes. Uh, unfortunately, we kind of watched them in bed as we were falling asleep. So uh, she didn't have too much to say because I think she fell asleep around like the middle of the second episode. But... We're going to keep going. I think that I could put together roughly hourish episodes talking about these, and hopefully you enjoy listening to these. And I'm going to kind of poke fun at the, the Pokemon universe a little bit, even more than I do with Pokedex, please, because I, I think as we go through, we'll, we'll see and we'll realize that the Pokemon universe is a terrifying place to live. And through my <laughs> examining eye, I think we'll, we'll figure out that it's not a place that you would want to find yourself in. And that should be evident by Pokedex, please, already. The world of Pokemon is terrifying. But thank you so much to everybody that subbed at the Super Rare Unlocked tier. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for supporting the show. I cannot say enough. I, I just I can't believe that, that people would want to support the show in that way. And it truly humbles me. And it's pushing me to do the best that I can to deliver content that you guys want to hear. And it's still kind of surreal to me that people want to hear content from me. And it's unbelievable. So we're going to continue forward. Next time we're going to be covering episodes four through six. We'll see if Ash gets out of Viridian Forest. And I think we'll accompany him to his first gym challenge, which should be pretty exciting. So if you want to catch up with me on social media, be sure to go to linktr.ee forward slash unlockables podcast. The links to the Twitter and the Instagram are there. And with that, oh, I guess I should try end this episode a little bit differently considering it's not one of my main episodes. Yeah, I guess let's just end it with gotta catch them all.